Yes, um, the foundation that we have, you know, Jesus is telling us many stories in the scripture. Um, I, I like this, the scriptures because they speak to us of spiritual things on a physical level. They, he uses the story of building a house upon the sand and building a house upon the rock. There's two houses built by perhaps the same builder, but where they are located, one on the sand and one on the rock, when the storms come, the one on the sand, what happens? Gets washed away. So the one on the rock is secure. So people will build their lives on many different things, but we build our life upon the rock, Jesus Christ, and when the trials of life come, there is no greater foundation than in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Power. <laughs> We've been speaking about the Holy Spirit, and today it is power. And whenever you think of, when I think of power, generally uh, I think of cars, <laughs> tractors. I think of, uh, you know, power, you know, um, big earth movers, you know, those types of things. But really, the, the word power means the ability to do something, the ability to do. See, the ability to move is power. The ability to pick something up or walk or, you know, having a challenge, the work that you do, you are power to do it. And whether it is typing on a keyboard or whether it is running an earth-moving machine, you have power and you have the ability to do it's in, in see, many people try to do things. I know of, of people running equipment and things, you know, driving. Perhaps that would be the easiest thing that people think they know how to drive and they take their half out of the middle. They have the ability to do something, but they just don't do it right. Okay. Well, we have the ability to do things and to do it correctly because the Spirit is the one who guides and empowers us. The scripture in 1 Peter 4, beginning at verse 7 to 11, it says, everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. <laughs> everything in the world is about to be wrapped up, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for a uh, particularly anything. Love covers a multitude of sins. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? <laughs> cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you. Passing them around so all get in on it. If words, okay, if words, take what God has given you now, if I were to ask you a question, what is it that God has given you? What would, it, what would your answer be? He gave you life. What do you do in life? <laughs> what do you do in life? Well, you know, I don't do nothing. <laughs> There's nobody like that. <laughs> what do you do in life? Love, live, do, run a sweeper, <laughs> drive a car, fill up with gas, eat. <laughs> you know, what do you do with life? 
You talk, you hear, you listen, you learn, you are living, and you see everything, you see. Be generous with the different thing God has given you. What has God given you? He has given you breath. He's given you life. He's given you the ability to touch. He's given you the ability to reason. I always like the, I've heard it a number of times, it talks about don't ever pray for somebody else to change unless you pray that God will change you also. <laughs> you know, we have, we're all in this process of change and growing, and we don't, we're not complete yet. We're not complete yet, we're in a process. And so in this, be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so everybody can get in on it. Now, If it is words, if God has given you words, words are encouragement. Words are not, well, we know words can be very destructive. Words can be very critical. But words are, when we think about the word of God, what has the word done? The word has, is spoken, it is alive, and it is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It can pierce the dividing of the bone and marrow, the soul and spirit. The word of God is so precise, it can divide the bone and the marrow, the soul and the spirit. And so the word of God, if God has given you words, use them. Use them not to cut or destroy, but to build, to edify, exhort, to comfort, to strengthen, to help. You see, um, one, one person in a, in, a, in a church said that, you know, they, were, they had a gift from God and it's a gift of criticism. <laughs> Sorry, that's not a gift from God. <laughs> So, you know, being critical is not a gift. It just comes naturally with our human nature, with our fallen nature. But God has given us, he said, and this is the message, we're talking about the power, and the power of the Holy Spirit is the ability to do. So when God empowers, he empowers his people to be alive and active just like his word. We are alive and active. We are responsible for the gifts that have been given to us, and that we will be held accountable for how we've used the gifts. Like the individual who was given $5,000 and $2,000 and $1,000, you know, the, the husbandman comes back and they were accountable for what had been placed in their hands. Well, if we will take what we have and use it wisely, it's all God asks. He doesn't want us to sit back and say, well, you know, who I am and what I have is not that important. And, you know, he'll understand when he gets back. I'll just bury what I am. And when he comes back, I'll dig it up and say, here, you got what you invested. (laughs) Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all can get in on it. If words, if words, If words, everybody say words, words, again, words, words have the ability to heal or to wound. Words have the ability to uplift or tear down. Your words, your words determine the direction of your life. 
Your words determine where your life is going. You see, God has given us his word, but we have to allow the word of God to be spoken through us. And whenever we start setting the course for our life, we are setting the course by our words. We are setting the course by where we are going and where we want to end up, even as we were doing communion. What are the words? What is the words that we were speaking? The speaking about communion. Do this in remembrance of me. The words that we say dictate the importance of what we just did. And if our words are important, then we are remembering Christ's sacrifice. If our words are important, we are remembering his present interaction in life inside of us. And if the words are important, it is looking forward to an eternity in which we're going to sit around the table of God and have communion. Our words are very descriptive. Our words are very helpful. Our words are very encouraging. Our words set the tone and the direction of our life. So pay attention to your words so that we can have the ability to do. The power of the word sets in motion the ability to do. See, the Holy Spirit does not tell us you can't do that. It's impossible for you to do that. That, well, you get the idea. We have these words. If it is words, then speak your words with the ability to do. Let it be God's words. You see, let us, let us speak what God has spoken. You know, I think it's so important that we pray the scriptures that we quote the scriptures, that we pray them over our children and over our lives and over our families and over our nation and over our community. We use the word of God because the word is power. The power of the word is the ability to do. So I pray God's blessing over my life. I pray God's blessing over the, the things that I do with life. I pray for God's wisdom to be part of my life and part of my doing. <laughs> um, I was telling Bobby and Tricia, there was this little boy, we, I don't, I, my wife will know, Rhonda will know who it was, but they were walking through the store and Grandma said, I mean, he was five, I think, I think he's the same age as Jackson, and uh, he's five and, and, and Grandma says, are those boots cumbersome? You know, because he's banging around in boots. And he looked at her and said, no, they're Columbia's. <laughs> I said last week, Jackson, we were at the restaurant and, and he was ordering the steak from the menu and he says, I'll have the, the steak bites. And the waitress says, well, what would you like, you know, what side will you have? And he goes, I'll have the left side. <laughs> yeah. He's left-handed. Yeah? I have the left side. You know, so our words, see, sometimes we get them all mixed up as to what's going on. And, you know, and we had to explain to him why we were laughing. Why are you laughing at me? And we'll have the left side, you know. But no, it's not the, the side, you know. And then we were, they were having a baby shower. You know, how do you tell a five-year-old what a baby shower is? They're giving her a bath. <laughs> you know. 
So we use our words in, in terms that we are familiar with, but yet are we, are we using our words in a way that is edifying to God? So let it be God's word spoken over us, spoken over our lives. You know, for whenever we're looking for something or praying about something, we should outline the scriptures that speak to those that need and have a list of scriptures that go with that need so that we are reminding ourselves of the word and what the word says about our life and about what we can do and that how that God will work all things together for good so that when difficulties come, we have a foundation that cannot be shaken. And believe me, difficulties will come because we're human. Pinch the person beside you. <laughs> Don't pinch me. <laughs> Just, you know. Well, the idea is that we're human and things, difficult times are going to come. You know, that don't prophesy that. I'm not prophesying it. It's, tr- it's life. <laughs> you know, it's going to happen. Trials and difficulties come to everyone. God is the one who gives us the solid foundation to face them, to deal with them. <laughs> it was uh, this morning, uh, you know, I go to breakfast and <laughs> have uh, breakfast up at a certain restaurant, and there was a, another waitress that um, we are friends with through the, through the waitress, through serving, and her, um, her sister died unexpectedly, and uh, we've been talking about that, and then she <laughs> came to me and she said, you know, I was just talking to somebody the other day, and they named their person, and they said, you helped them bury two husbands, <laughs> you know? And uh, I knew exactly who it was. And, and she said, you know, they, couldn't, they could not have done what they did if you hadn't been there for them. And that was their declaration. And you see, difficulties will come. <laughs> Trials do happen. People have problems. They have, but you see, those who are in Christ, you know, these ISIS, <laughs> who's taking these Christians and killing them, They have problems. But the Christians, you see, in the early church, what stopped the Romans from killing Christians? Okay? What stopped the Romans from killing Christians? They couldn't get any fun out of it. Because the Christians would start singing songs and worshiping God prior to their death. They would not run around the arena and fight the lions or fight the soldiers or the people throwing spears at him. They would just seek a relationship with God and die with their praise, with their praise on. And there was no fun in it. There was no sport in it. And it was after that that the church became known, became the, 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 the Christian church, became the state church, as it were, uh, and that everybody was set out to worship the same God, and it was the God of the Christians, because it was the difficult times that set them apart, and it is the difficult times that sets us apart, that God has a purpose, God has a plan, God has built us on a solid foundation, and it is the ability to do, 
The ability to do. So what is it that we are doing? Well, in the early church, it was the ability to stand in front of your accusers and receive their arrows or their, their burning torches or their swords and to worship God. But we're not all going to face that, but the, those in, under ISIS, they're facing that. But there are everyday things that we run into, discouraging moments, difficult times, car won't start, fuel line freeze up, <laughs> you know, it's too cold. Well, pretty soon it'll be too hot. But uh, that we, you know, we've got all these different things that we face, and you know, we're going to have to shovel snow again, and uh, you know, we're going to lose an hour this week. I don't know if I can do get up an hour earlier without the sleep that I have, and I don't, you know, it's a hard thing that we face. <laughs> but you see, it all varies. What makes it different? How many have appliances in your house? Everybody has appliances. Name me an appliance. Stove, microwave, toaster oven, dishwasher, hot water heater. <laughs> What's that? Curling irons, hair dryers, fridge. Terry and I know about hair dryers. Curling iron. Guess what? If they're not plugged into the electricity, they don't work. <laughs> that just heaps of stuff. And you see, the Holy Spirit is the power to do. Whatever we do in our life, we, we are <laughs> like our appliances. If we're not plugged in, we're just decorations. <laughs> We don't, we don't, our purpose is gone if we're not plugged in. And we need to be plugged into the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the ability to do. And each of us do things differently. Each of us run the microwave a little different. <laughs> you know? Rhonda uses her microwave every day for popcorn. You know? <laughs> she loves popcorn. I tell you, you're not supposed to put it in popcorn because it says it's not good for you. And she throws it in there and has popcorn, you know? So, but each of us have things we do every day. Every Sunday, I go and have oatmeal, you know. Well, what good is that? It helps me get plugged in. I have no idea, but I go there. And uh, so we all have things that we do in our own way. And, and the idea is that we cannot become what we were created to be without being hooked to the power. Your refrigerator can't what it was created to be unless there's electricity going into it. If there's no electricity, there's no refrigerator. If there's no electricity, there's no dishwasher. If there is no power of the Spirit, there is no power to do. That's And God is about doing things through our lives, every part of our lives. If it is help, if it help, let it be God's hearty help. You know, if you have the ability to help, <laughs> okay, if you have the ability to help, if you have words, let them be God's words. If you have the ability to help, let it be God's hearty help. 
How many know what a grumpy helper is? <laughs> How many live with a grumpy helper? <laughs> so, how many live with a grumpy helper? <laughs> yeah. Well, we know what a grumpy helper is, but you see, a hearty helper is one who is willing to do their part, to do more than their issue. The Bible talks about in, in, in the, um, an illustration that Jesus uses is that if someone asks you to go one mile, go with him two. You see, in, in the Roman time, the Romans had the right to pull anybody off of the street wherever they're going and have that person carry their equipment for, with them for a mile. It was just part of the law. They're marching through a community. They don't want to carry their stuff anymore. Hey, you, come. Carry my stuff for a mile. You had a right. You had a responsibility to do it. And you had a legally, they were, you were legally bound to obey that Roman soldier. And Jesus says, if they've bound you to go one mile, go with them too. What does it hurt? What does it hurt to give and to go and, and that the hearty help? And, you know, so we are part of that whole process. And you have the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the ability to do. Ability to do. If you have help, hearty help. Um, that way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. God's bright presence. Um, do you ever have a light bulb that's not hooked up <laughs> and you pull the switch and what happens? Nothing. <laughs> the bright presence of Jesus is in being connected to the power of the Holy Spirit which is the ability to do so that what you do is, is reflective of Jesus. So that when people look at the light bulb, you, they will think they see Jesus. When people look at you, they will think they're seeing Jesus. <laughs> He's he talking to, not me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't think they see Jesus when they see me. <laughs> Why not? Well, because I don't do anything that Jesus would do. <laughs> well, didn't he give us the ability to have life? And everything that is of life, how many are living? <laughs> okay, if we are living, we need the power to live, the power to do, and the power of the Holy Spirit is, is power to give words, be generous, passing the things around. Let it be God's words. If it is help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. You see, it didn't say through you. It didn't say through the power cord hooked to the source. It said through you that the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to do and will flow through you to be reflective of who Jesus is. 
of who Jesus is. And so what you are doing in your work, in your life, in your cleaning the house, in your washing the car, in your going down the road, in your whatever things involved in your life, people are going to think of Jesus when they see you. <sighs> when you take a test at school, Tyler, thank you. When you take a test at school, do they see Jesus? How can they see Jesus in me? <laughs> Dylan? When they see when they when God when people take a test, do they see do they see Jesus in you? You see, because why would they see Jesus? You know, well, I'm just taking a test, I'm just going to school, I'm just this, I'm just that. But you see, <laughs> what you do, we live for Jesus. We are involved in life. We are involved in life. And in life, we need God's help. If we think we can live a life without Jesus and without the Holy Spirit, it's like having a refrigerator that's not plugged in. It's like having a microwave that does, is, there's no electricity to the house. And so it's worthless. Without the electricity coming into the house, how many things in the house function? How many things in the house function without electricity? How much of our life functions without the Holy Spirit? The ability, the power to do. You see how important it is to ask God to help you when you go to school, <laughs> when you go to work, when you're talking to your neighbors, when you're talking to your friends, when you're doing everyday jobs, do you see how important it is that God would be there with you in your conversations? Because if there is no electricity to the house, the house doesn't function. If there's no power of the Holy Spirit in your life, we are not, our life will not have any value. Only the things that are done for Christ will last, and every aspect of our life is something that we can do for Christ. Amen? So, our natural abilities, our natural gifts are nice, but they're not near. They can't come close. They can't measure up to what the power of the Spirit does in our lives. So God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything that God will get the credit for what we do. God will get the credit. Like, here I am. Here's my hands. If the piano were on, I would go play it. Is it on, Glenda? Did you shut it off? You're lucky. <laughs> why, would, why are you lucky? <laughs> Because I don't have the talent to play the piano. And in our lives, everything we do. So God isn't calling me to play the piano, but God does call me to do the words. God does call me to help the individuals. And so I have to do those things that God has placed within my talents, within my abilities, that God would receive the glory for them. Not the blame for them. He would receive the glory for them. And what God is up to in our life 
You see, it's more than just electricity coming into the house. It's our survival. It's your place to live. It's your place to be comfortable. It's your place to have people in and out of your home. It's your place where you cook and you clean and you do your clothes, your laundry, and you sleep and you, know, you watch TV. Every, it's, it's your life. It's in, that, it's in that building. And if there's no electricity, your life is a mess. It's really hard. But the Holy Spirit coming to our life empowers everything that we do. Encores, encores to the end of time. You know, in uh, Sunday school, we talked about um, this illustration. If you have a, a jar, bottle, and you have a cork on it, okay, throw it in the ocean, what's going to happen? It's going to float. Okay, so take the cork out, fill it full of water, the ocean water. What's going to happen? It's a jar. It's not a, it's not a ceramic container that floats. It's a jar, a glass. You fill it with water, what happens to it? It sinks. The jar is in the ocean, but the jar only contains a certain portion of the ocean. Okay, see that? The ocean, the jar is in the ocean, but not all the ocean is in the jar. Just enough that can fill the container. Our lives, and the thing about our relationship with Christ is, we can make our containers bigger. <laughs> we can expand our containers to contain more of the ocean. In our life, we want our containers to be full of God's presence. We want to live in his presence. We are in his world that he created. We are part of this world, but we are not. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. That we have, we have this relationship with Jesus Christ that fills our lives to what? To overflowing. And so that we can allow the spirit of God to grow in us. And we can have more of the ocean. But there, no matter how big we get, we can never hold the entire ocean. And no matter how spiritual we get or become, we can understand all of God. We have our understanding of many things. You know, I was thinking of um, carpenter tools. You know, you have a saw, you have a hammer, you have a level, you have um, a what? Screwdriver. You have tools. And, and, uh, each of those tools have a different function. And in our lives, what we do, everything has a different function. The, the, the carpenter doesn't use every tool at once, but he has them there, and each, he may use all the tools in one job, but he's not going to use them all at once. They all have a progression. And in our lives, the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, taking every aspect of who we are as a person and uses them, not all at one time, but in a, in a project, in a moment, in a day, that he is using all the gifts that he has given us, and he's using them at different moments, at different times, in different ways to help different people, that ends up coming back to God and the Holy Spirit coming into our life and giving us the ability to do.
the ability to do. One last illustration. The guy who uh, invented dynamite, <laughs> what's his name? Anybody know? His name is Alfred Noble. Now, the same word that is used for dynamite is the same word that is used for spirit of God. Spirit of God was here before there was dynamite. <laughs> so the spirit of God's power to move did not originate with dynamite. Dynamite came from the words that are associated with the spirit of God. Now, Alfred Noble had a brother, and his brother died. And, so, and an editor in a newspaper wrote an article about Alfred. He wrote his obituary. He wrote Alfred's obituary, not his brother's, <laughs> the one who died. And when Alfred read his obituary, it was basically, here is a man who was in building and in construction, invented dynamite so that he could blow up rocks, <laughs> make building and construction easier. So he invented dynamite to make that happen. Well, what happens with dynamite? They made it into bombs. And so here is an editor who writes the obituary for Alfred Noble, who is not dead, that's his brother, and writes this obituary about a man and his destructive life. He has given the world bombs to blow up and to end people's lives. When Alfred Noble read that obituary, he said he wanted to be remembered not for his ability to blow things up, but his ability to be good. Anybody know what he created? Alfred Noble? Noble, Noble Peace Prize. The Noble Peace Prize came from an obituary that was written about him, and he wasn't dead. And so he rewrote the ending of his life because he made so much money on explosive in 18, 1868, 1865, somewhere in the 1860s, 1870s, 70s, he put $9 million back then, that's a lot of in what it was now the Nobel Peace Prize. And it all came from him reading obituary that he wanted to change. So as we read our lives, if we were to write the obituary, God were to write the obituary of our life right now, would it, be, would it contain what we want it to be? And you see, the power of this Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, is the ability to do and God's Spirit will give us the ability to change. Because <laughs> we're not dead yet. Pinch somebody. Tell them they're not dead yet. <laughs> I know you're going to tell me, don't have them pinch me anymore. <laughs> Let's stand. <laughs> so, isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? <laughs> It's wonderful because it is the power to change lives. It is the power to be 
equipped and to do and to do things well and to have wisdom and have understanding, have insight, to have peace, to have gentleness, to be able to move mountains. Power of the Spirit. So allow, let's allow that spiritual power, the power to do, be part of our lives. Amen? Isn't it wonderful? All together now. Wonderful. Isn't the love of Jesus something? Wonderful. Amen. <laughs> God bless you.